0: with Pastor Troy right here on the dock right here on the dock.org every Tuesday and Thursday all about getting you what is our credo here off of the dock and into the deep conversations propel your faith out of the shallows and into the deep we're going to sit around this table for a little bit of time give you a little good time here but then our whole goal is to get you out of here out into the deep doing the things of God for you. Get out there and let him captain you. We're on the dock. We're at YouTube, Spotify and iTunes. Also on Google Play, Facebook, Roku, Rumble and Sermonet. That's a lot of places. But please go to YouTube. First and foremost, Spotify, and iTunes as well. There are primary servers. And oh, I forgot to mention, you can talk to us through social media through Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, Getter. And I missed one Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, Getter and gosh, Facebook, Instagram, Telegram, Twitter, And get her. It's get her that I lost. You would think if you get her, you get it. But I didn't. Hit subscribe, like, notify, tell other people about it. Give it around like it's an infectious disease. Send it to everybody you know. And we would love to have you as a Patreon. Partner, go to my Patreon. Download it on your app, your Apple or your Android device. Look up my Patreon. Look up on the Doc Pastor Troy. And there's four ways to be a partner of this program, and three ways you can be a sponsor of this program. Go to onthedoc.org. That's our website. It'll tell you all this. Gives you links to all our platforms, and you can always email us if you have questions. And if I've totally confused you, email Donna. She is our technical, our our, our producer for the show. Email her at info@onthedoc.org, and she will explain it to you in regular English. I am your wonderful host for this next episode. I'm glad you joined us in studio. I've got myself here. I would normally have sitting next to me Mother Beth, but Mother Beth is not here. Uh, Mother Beth told me that it's the holiday season, even though you're listening to this probably sometime in the year. And she told me she had to go to the beauty shop. I said, reschedule it. She says, you don't do that this time of the year. <laughs> I've had this for two months. They won't move. So, Mother Beth, may you may or may not see her today. When you do see her, please let her know that her hair looks beautiful. Instagram, Twitter, Telegram, get her. And don't forget Facebook. You can social medias and say how good she looks, okay? Just dropping that as a hint, okay? All right. So, we're, I got a co-host today. Pastor Dan Piles attends our church here at Community Faith Church. He's relatively new to our community. He's been here almost less than a year, almost a year. Great man of God. And Dan, you're in the seat as my co-partner today, replacing
1: Mother Beth. Well, thank you for having me, Pastor Troy. (laughs) It's an honor and privilege to be here. Um, I know I'm probably not as good looking as Mother Beth, but... I guess if we need to for your show, we can pretend she cut her hair and grew a beard.
0: She grew a beard. I, that's what it is. She's the bearded lady. There yes, she is. Well, thanks for being on the show for me today, Dan. I appreciate it. Donna Kay is over in the booth. She has no camera today. She has uh, she has no camera, no microphone, because we have a four-person set today. And uh, if you would become a sponsor or partner on my Patreon, we could afford to buy those two extra mics we have been wanting right. to buy. So go to my Patreon right now, become a partner or sponsor, and we'll help you do it. And we're going to give you a way to do that as well. So uh, she is our... Uh, director today, so thank you, Don, over there. You just have to holler out your questions. A lot of times, we, Mike, we have a camera and a and a mic over there on her, but we're working on that. We're doing a series today called, oh, you know what? I have to come back. I'll come back to this later. We're doing a series today called "Taking It to the Streets Spotlight," and the spotlight is on take action today. This is part of our season three uh, series. And we're looking at ministries, uh, businesses, profiles of organizations that are that are doing ministry on the streets of Southern Illinois. And Take Action Today is here today. We're going to be taking a look in part one of this episode. This is the spotlight episode. This is where we just kind of get the the 10,000 foot overview here. So we're going to get right to that. But I want to I promise these guys two stories. Um, Mike, we're going to we're going to Mike's here on studio with us here. Uh, Mike Tyson, Take Action Today, executive director and founder. Mike, glad to have you here. Yeah, on thanks the for dot. having me. First of all, you got this over hundred year old cottonwood table. You're on. He 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 knows Georgia. He knows the South. He knows the Southern feel. He even knew he's one of the first guests we've had that that was jamming with Otis Redding. Yeah. Now that's our version of it. We did it with three of our people. One person had never heard the song. Uh, Dustin Griffith played keys on that, and Ben and Lucas. And he had never heard the song till 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 he was asked to record it. So we had to get it past the 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 clearance to get permission. When we sent it in, they said that's so different on the tickle that they they cleared it. That's they, awesome. They liked it, and so we got permission to use it for our show. So, so but Otis is one of my favorite two minute thirty six second song. One verse. Uh, he's got a bridge then he whistles the Mm -hmm. whistle verse is he died in a plane crash before he could get back to record verse two when he was laying down verse one he didn't have verse two written so he whistled and when he got done the guy said when he cut the tape said why'd you whistle he says we haven't figured out verse two yet we got a gig and they flew out to a gig and they died in a plane crash coming back
1: oh wow i did not know that
0: never finished the song so it's the joy and the the hope of my heart when i get to heaven i want to hear otis go with i want to find out what verse two is yeah and somebody says well what if otis isn't in heaven God says He gives you the desires of His heart, so surely somebody can sing it. So we'll get somebody up there to sing it. So we're, we've got Mike here in studio. Um, so that's the history about the table and stuff. And uh, we've got something real new today. I'm gonna profile. It, just take a minute of it. Then we'll dig into this episode because I don't want to bother the episode. We've never done commercial stuff here at, on the dock, but on the dock just recently we picked up our very first affiliate. We first our first sponsorship. I mean, just they came to us and said, "Would you like?" to represent us on your show. So I'm gonna I'm gonna show you what this organization is. It's just fantastic. It is a group called SLNT, and they do Faraday bags and types of uh, different compartmentalization stuff to protect your electronics from being stolen and, and taken. And they do all kinds of great stuff. And you can see in there, slnt.com, you can go there. Promo code, you can just use slnt.com, but you have to use our program, promo code, OTD. That gives you 10% off, big reductions on, on uh, uh, shipping and sometimes no shipping and all kinds of special offers. Just keep checking back there. You can also go to www.slnt.com/backslash/discount/backslash/otd. puts you right on our own page, and uh, both of those will get it, the job done. And they do. They got things like these phone sleeves. They got key fob protectors. People are taking your key fobs, and they can walk up to you and get your key fob. Then they steal your Ferrari later. Now, I noticed both of you guys came up in your Ferrari and your Lamborghinis. You would worry about that if you had that. We got a Dodge Challenger 392 over there. People steal those. Mm-hmm. And so this is one of those things. If you're in Chicago or St. Louis for the weekend, you'd be popping that key fob in that bag because somebody might just doot, 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 mm-hmm. and next thing you know, you your car going off. Uh, Dry bags and backpacks. They do backpacks. So if you have your laptop, you're going to an airport. You know, guys are in the airport. They're stealing your stuff, laptop sleeves, all this stuff. Once you put, if we put that, I got one coming. They're sending me one. So I can drop my phone in there. I don't need to go to airplane mode or nothing. It will let no signal in, no signal out. They can't track me, nor can they listen to me. Now, why am I talking about, for the first time ever, this product? Crazy in it, I I I feel like I'm I almost feel like I'm like a product prostitute today, but I'm (laughs) for Jesus, you know I you know so so I got to explain I got to explain, and but before I explain how we got here, they produced a commercial with my help with our codes. Here we go, check this out. Can you go auto auto? audio?
2: There are more than eight billion phones in the world. The fact that threatens your privacy, security, and health. With Silent Pocket Faraday protection, you can regain control over your mobile devices. We get it, privacy and security are inconvenient topics, and you may feel like you have nothing to hide, but the fact is that in the modern world, your laptop is never really off. Your phone emits a signal, even in airplane mode. And everything from your passport to your credit cards contains RFID, and all of it contains valuable private information that is easily exploited in the wrong hands. Silent Pocket offers a range of products you already use. Wallets, bags, travel gear, laptop sleeves, key cases. But with the added protection of our patented Faraday technology, which turns your devices invisible and safe from the outside world. Many industries, from top business professionals to government officials, require the use of Faraday products for the day-to-day security of them and their staff. They understand that we are constantly at risk and take the necessary steps to prevent future attacks. We offer this elite technology to anyone that values their personal data, and we are proud to offer a premium range that fits seamlessly into your everyday life, providing security without looking like a tinfoil hat. As we learn to live with technology, Silent Pocket stands on the three pillars of privacy, security, and health. Our goal is to provide harmony with mobile technology without risking our most valuable information. We hope you'll trust us to help you do the same.
0: I promised why. And now we're not going to run this commercial in every episode. We're going to start leading our, our show a lead off with this, but we will mention it for a while. But what happened was, Mike, we were in doing a previous set of episodes. They were just a teaching episode. We were just talking about it, and something triggered in our, and Colt, who will shoot Monday, he's our tech, another one of our techs, and he said, that reminds me of that old J.G. Wentworth commercial i want my cash and i want my cash now remember that oh yeah i talked about how christians have this expectation that, that when they get saved they're just going to get leadership they're going to get everything now so we got in a long discussion about jg worth and for the rest of the show we probably mentioned it two or three times you know what i mean my phone was in airplane mode it, it's not now it's in vibrate mode but it was in an airplane but mother beth was bad mother beth's very bad sometimes and she had left her phone on but she had it off she had it just turned down about three o'clock that morning we get ads from JG Wentworth, mm-hmm. they sent us ads. They started pinging us. Yep. So the next day we were back in studio, and I said, "Colt, you know what you did? You got us being bombarded, bombarded <laughs> across Google by JG Wentworth." Now we got that everywhere. I mean, everything we mm-hmm. open, it's on there. So we talked about it. I forgot I turned mine on vibrate that day. At three o'clock the next morning, I started getting mm-hmm. It wasn't funny then. It was funny when Mother Beth was getting <laughs> it. was not funny when I was getting it. So when we, when I, t- I, told him, I said, "It shows you they're listening." We talk oh. about that. People are listening. And they're listening to us, and we need one of those. And I mentioned seeing this on another show. They have this Faraday product that protects your stuff. If you're going to, like, Thailand, like I go, for our churches there, or you're going overseas, you know, they can just – we were in a McDonald's a few few, few months ago, and there were, there were jackers moving around the restaurant jacking people's stuff. Mm-hmm. And we saw them, and we switched to airplane mode. We thwarted them a bit. But there's still other stuff they can do and the better people can do. So – we have experienced that, and and then I mean, can you imagine if you have stuff, you have your shows, you have your livelihood? So I started talking about we need that Faraday bag in the room. We're going to get everybody a Faraday bag. The next night at three o'clock in the morning, I get an email from the people from Silent, yeah, and they say we're the people that can help you stop that. Mm-hmm. Now, not only did uh, not only did JG Wentworth pay Google to get that that word, Faraday paid that to tell me they could stop people from getting that word Absolutely. for me, and they reached out to us and said. We think you'd be a perfect match for us. Would you like to be one of our affiliates? So that's why we're being their affiliate now. So very soon, mine's coming and we'll show it on here. So long story short, I didn't mean to take up your time with that, but it's kind of amazing how something like that happens. You know, people are listening to you. Right. And and, and we're going to talk about what you do in a minute with all the people you work with. Some of that stuff's very confidential, very private. Mm -hmm. And if you're taking a laptop between your offices or something, there could be somebody jacking that stuff. And then, then, you know, using it to exploit people and other things like that, taking your credit card numbers and all kinds of stuff today. So that's, that's kind of what we're looking at. Go to go check that out. If you're interested in that, go to slnt.com use promo code OTD, or check out slnt.com backslash discount backslash OTD. And we'll talk about more about those products a little later. All right, we're ready to go. Mike, give us the spotlight. Give us a give us like the the 10,000 feet overview of, of the, the today's well take action today. What is take action today? What, what, what are you doing right now? What Give us a picture of it today. If we we're Just a snapshot your ministry right now, December 2023. Tell us what you do and what you're about.
3: Yeah, awesome. Thanks for the opportunity. Uh, you know, I'm a little bit scared of heights, so a 10,000-foot view is a little bit terrifying. But uh, I'll try to bring things into focus just a little bit. Yeah. Can I tell you a little bit about what we do? Um, <clears throat> Take Action Today is really uh, a comprehensive approach to addressing substance use and homelessness, particularly in rural communities. Um, we got started as a community action group back in 2019 as a real simple type of thing, but, uh, I have a, what some people call an addictive personality. So I tend to not do things like other people do them. I tend to kind of run hard, run fast with things a little bit sometimes. So our community action group after a little bit, wasn't enough. It just scratched the itch for me. And next thing I knew we were incorporating and starting a 501 C three. And here we are three years later as probably one of the fastest growing not-for-profits in Southern Illinois.
0: Tell, tell me a little bit more about, uh, we talked at lunch the other day, we were coming up, behavioral, what was the word
3: you used, behavioral?
0: Yeah, behavioral
1: health.
3: Beha-
0: explain the world a bit. What, what is that world? What is that? It's a big world, I know.
3: <laughs> but, but what's that world encompass? Now you're going to get me in trouble talking about something that I probably don't well, understand as well as yeah. I should with behavioral G- health. Give us a layman's term. So you think, think about two different things. So you think about mental health. So we all have a good, pretty good idea. And typically when we talk about behavioral health, we, we're talking about mental health also. So behavioral health more deals with the behaviors and the tendencies, the, uh, habits that we pick up as a result of some of, uh, uh, you know, just different types of things that happen throughout our life, as well as different types of, uh, you know, mental health crisis and stuff like that. Um, you know, you might think about an individual, they might have a mental health, uh, um, uh, disorder, you know, such as someone like myself. So I have a bipolar disorder, uh, diagnosis, uh, from when I was younger. Um, Along with that mental illness came uh, behaviors that came along with it. So part of it wasn't just enough for me to, to heal uh, mentally and emotionally. I also had to learn how to heal with my behaviors in life. So behavioral health deals with some of that. It incorporates mental health along with impacting how somebody lives their life. And just uh, really a, a, a big focus of it for us is helping people uh, become self-determining to be All able right. to control their own lives and and make their own decisions in life that's really cool
0: so 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 inside that world of behavioral health you can have you know the psychology the medical field world in you can have the counseling and Christian counseling in you can have uh, what you guys do and and you're gonna explain this later in peer the peer counseling end I guess you can have groups as well mm-hmm. uh, both uh done with um different kinds of counselors different different depends on i mean a lot of the models most people are familiar when you start talking about recovery and this kind of stuff they think of AA. Mm-hmm. yeah you're certainly th- th- when i first when 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 i first met and heard about your stuff that's kind of what I, my first impression was it's sure. some sort of AA group sure and then as soon as i got explained to it, i thought well that's as far away from that as possible mm-hmm. it, it's like the counter it would be the bipolar of that in some would, ways, it, yeah it, yeah which is good because Group works for some people, yeah. I'd say, I'd say. And, and some people need direct accountability, just one-to-one. They need something. I, when, our, when our kids were going through school, younger kids, uh, we were looking at different kind of Christian school models and we started a Christian school, uh, young kids school in our church. And we looked at, you know, this curriculum and this curriculum and that curriculum. And we finally decided we have a small enough school in, the, in Pawnee that we, we hired a Montessori teacher. And a Montessori teacher doesn't teach a curriculum. She develops a curriculum for the child. You know what I mean? Excellent. So, so every child's not limited by C student material. Right. They can go faster or better. Right. And so so I think Take Action Today, from what I see, is you guys have a little more of a Montessori-type approach. So tell me more about the snapshot. What kind of ministries are you involved in in 2023? We're going to get back to your origin story yeah, 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 in the sure, next episode. No but tell me where you're at now. Give people a picture so they can get. I got it up on the screen. Takeactiontoday.net. Go check that out. Facebook.com backslash ta s -S o dot i l that's southern illinois for you guys that are not from here all you people in thailand that watch our show we're like 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 the number 12 podcast show in one area of thailand so there you go yeah well i got a lot of churches in thailand so they watch it so really so yeah we didn't take much to get up in thailand because they don't let a lot lot in so but facebook.com uh tat dot southern dot illinois uh check that out give us a give us that profile of those different ministries where are you at in 2023
3: yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so you talk about this, uh, what is it, Montessori yeah. uh, approach It's an to individualized approach. A very individualized approach to someone's education. So think teacher about...
0: To, kind of teacher to student.
3: Absolutely. So think about that as we just described about behavioral health. Mm-hmm. So you think about uh, not a therapy, not a treatment, but support for an individual that meets them where they're at. I like that. You know, something that's typically done by another person who has shared similar experiences that instead of approaching the issue from the perspective of their education, they approach it from the perspective of their experiences. So like when I sit across the table from an individual or next to them is even better. um, You know, I kind of look them in the eye as a peer as someone who is on their level. I'm neither. I'm no better or no worse than what they are. Mm -hmm. I've experienced things that are similar from them. And I have knowledge from that that I can share with them. But at the end of the day, it's up to them what they have to choose for themselves. So each person that comes into our services or comes into our community, because at the end of the day, that's what we are more than a service providers. We're a community. Um, If you've never seen this video, a TED talk by a gentleman named Johan Hari, one of the things he proposes is that the opposite of addiction is connection. So at the core of everything that we try to do is to provide that connection for people. You know, when people fall into substance use, they fall into homelessness, they start experiencing mental health challenges or financial challenges or social challenges. Uh, Some of the first things that happen to that individual is they become disconnected from their family, from their friends, from their community. You know, so so at the core, of what we do is trying to restore that community connection to people.
0: What was the guy's name that you gave
3: that quote from? Johan Johann. Hari. The name of the TED Talk is Everything You Think You Know About Addiction Is Wrong. You think? Yeah, and he does an amazing job describing uh, an experiment that was done. Because like you talk about, when we talk about mental health, there's a lot of psychology involved. We talk about behavioral health, there's a lot of psychology involved in that, too. So back, I think it was back during the um, during the fifties, they did one of these original experiments to explain human behavior, where mm-hmm. they took these rats, uh, put them in a cage, gave them two, you know, water bottles. One was just plain water. One had uh, cocaine or heroin, something like that, in it. And the rats kept going back to the cocaine and heroin. So we use this experiment to build our theory of addiction as a disease. Right. You know, there this idea that people are just compulsive about going back to it. Well, I believe it was during the 70s, this other gentleman came along and kind of uh, expanded the research and he did what they call this rat park experiment where he took the rats instead of placing them in a sterile environment, a cage that was just plain, boring and ordinary and just giving them two options, they created a rat paradise. They call it rat <laughs> park. You know, they had playgrounds and parks, places to socialize, Starbucks, all different types of things that they could really enjoy life. And the rats no longer chose the cocaine water. They no really? longer chose wow. the drug water because they had social connections. So they when it was community. just either
0: or, you're stuck to it.
3: Well, when they had nothing else, yeah.
0: So do you find, I, I guess, well, that's just, I mean, that was fantastic Read, uh, Guys, go watch that TED Talk. And what, we're, and then they took that rat thing and moved it up to another gear. So, so do you think a lot of people get on the track to substance abuse because they feel like they're kind of, it's an either or type thing? They don't see the complexity of what else is out there. The options are there because you can get your head down in the sand, and there's just down, mm-hmm. and and up was where you were. Yeah. You think people get kind of their own myopicness, and and part of what you have to do is help help them see the possibilities of hope again.
3: I th- I think some, sometimes I think one of the one of the first mistakes that people make with substance use is that they try to define it down to one thing. It's We have this tendency, especially as Americans, to oversimplify things. Agreed. This reductionist approach to things, to make it down to the simplest thing. But when we talk about these things, they can't be reduced like that. You might find individuals that have that. You're also going to find somebody that, who actually has the disease of addiction to where they have this thing inside their brain or inside their body that's fighting against them. Right. You'll find somebody else that just has experienced some trauma, and this is the only coping skill that they have for This kind of so. gives
0: th- – what they're doing gives them control. Yeah. I, like most people that know me, they, they watch our church stuff. I'm very OCD. I'm not <laughs> – I didn't count all the boards of that wall while you were talking, but, you know, but – before the show, I had Dan straighten up her on the dock thing three times mm-hmm. because it was just somebody borrowed the studio. They didn't put it back right. right. And, and it, it, if I didn't see it before the show, I probably got in the But once I saw it, I would know. Right. Some people are just wired that way. Yes. And so I, when I was in college, I drank very heavily. I wasn't a Christian. Mm-hmm. Um, I had experience with Christ when I was younger. I didn't drink a lot before that. But in college, I went at it. I was good at it. I was a beer chuck champion at my university for three <laughs> years running Greek Olympics. I'm, I'm like John Belushi. There you go. Yeah, and I got A's, so that was cool. So I, I never did drugs. We had a lot of guys that would do drugs in those days. W- some dude rode to Florida with us one time on overnight trip, and we got to our place, and he said, I can't get to my friend's house yet, but can I crash on your couch in Fort Walton? And he said, I said, sure, dude, but you got to be gone tomorrow. We can't have you for a whole week. And he says, thank you so much. He wrote down the back of a pickup truck all night long. All night long, it was bad. I, the guy was—I I can see why he had good drugs. And I remember before he lay down, he said, "I'm gonna lay down." And he reaches in his pocket and he pulls out a wad of pills and he just throws them down with the lint and all, and he says, "I appreciate you bringing me down here and all this. Just take whatever you want." Mm-hmm. And I'm like, well, "What all is it?" He says, "Everything." Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You know, <laughs> he left with it in the morning. Didn't take anything. I always knew if I started doing drugs, yeah. I couldn't come back. Sure. So I never. Did marijuana? Never did cocaine. I ne- I'm not saying I didn't take some some headache medicine. I probably shouldn't have, but I never did anything illegal like that because in my mind, I knew that if I went over that cliff, I might not pull myself back. Yeah. But I have a strong will too, so I I was able to, I'm able to just quit on a dime. But I
3: also knew there I might lose my ability. Do you? That's why everybody's different. You know what sure, I mean? Sure, sure. So you you talk about will in there. So uh, what type of, and not to get too much into your business, but what type of home did you grow up in? Did you grow up supported?
0: Yes. Yes and no. Um, I have, my dad's a trauma surgeon, Mm -hmm. retired just recently. Um, So very strong willed because he was able to be a trauma surgeon. Very, very well famous. Uh, My mom was a former ballerina, ended up on about ballet school, lots of businesses. Um, Very strong willed people. I have four, four brothers and a sister, six siblings, total Um, I was raised by a black woman. Yeah. She was my nanny, uh, Mary. Mm -hmm. And so when I got married to Beth, uh, I called my mom and said, you know, mom, I said, you were really good raising me because you had may raise me and may raised me. Well, may is the first person that took me to church like that. My grandparents had some influence on church as well. But, uh, I I said, I said, I hate to tell you, but I've called may may was older, retired. I said, May's going to be sitting next to you at my wedding. 'Cause she spent as much time raising me as you did yeah. and she's the only one who exposed me to church and to yeah. Jesus. So I was I had support. Yeah. I had the best support my dad could buy. I went yeah. to the best schools my dad could afford. All boys school. So I felt supported but but I didn't really have a dad.
3: Yeah. Yeah. My dad Absolutely. my
0: dad still calls. It's he'll leave a message and say, It's doc. Yeah. Call me. He, he, it's Doc Call me. And I mm-hmm. say, you're not my doctor. You've never been my doctor. You know, <laughs> right. you're my dad. I'm not calling you Doc. You know, he does that to all of us. And yeah. it's just kind of a strange thing. So I had support, but it wasn't really what I needed. He so you yeah. Yeah, didn't have connection. Right. And, and my grandparents were a little bit like that. They, they made you call him Don and Mamie because they didn't want to be old. Now, now you can call him Grandpa. <laughs> but uh, my, my dad was born while my dad was at war. My, his dad was at war. Right. World War Two. He was born. He he not mean they shook hands at three years old. Yeah. So I can see why my dad, I learned later on as a pastor why my dad doesn't do the, hey, I'm your dad. Sure, sure, yeah. He's much better with my grandkids, let, taking the grandkid love. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that, I mean, that makes, so what you're saying is everybody's an individual case. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. You're a byproduct of lots of different slices. Lots of different slices. And I recognize, and I have a yeah. very strong will. Yeah.
3: <laughs> you know. So 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 you take that, so, and you have uh, probably high-functioning OCD, like you said. Absolutely, high-functioning, you know? yeah so what 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 happens differently if you take all that support away from you if you take you take take a nap first yeah yeah and and then you still have that ocd Mm -hmm. you know you still have the dad that's not there very often you might have a little bit of a different result in life i spend more time taking care of my dad than he does to me yeah yeah. So, so, so with those supports, yeah. though, you're able to take that. You're able to take mm-hmm. what's usually a negative in somebody's and life turn it around because you have the supports and resources. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so now you can build an. Em- but you know, if I was you know, on the street, I didn't.
0: It. I didn't have. I didn't get a stellar education. Yeah. Mary hadn't been in my life.
3: Yeah. My life could look a lot differently. Yeah. Right? it could. It I could, could have picked up a couple of those pills that yeah. day. <clears throat> Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's not to say that, that right. even with all those things, you might not still have that possibility because, I mean, we see people from great families with great support, great right. resources. still
0: Absolutely. Look, look yeah. let me just say, I went to a school that was expensive. My high school was, you know, <laughs> in, in 84 was 30,000 a year. So Ooh. I went to an all boys prep school. I got to college. It was my mm-hmm. third year before I saw a book I'd never read. And so that's the reason I drank so much in college. Yeah. Because. You already knew it all. I, I turned in papers I had already sure. written in high school that were better than one. So, so. That caused me a little bit of trouble.
3: (laughs) A little bit of trouble. It does, you know. Yeah. So it because your brain functions at a higher level.
1: So I I, I started having fun. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I I had a very similar issue when I was younger. Um, I had some traumas in my life. Um, I had my I had a father that abandoned us at a very young age. Um, I was fortunate enough that another gentleman stepped in at the age of four and adopted me and married my mom. You know, but at a very young age, I had that abandonment. I dealt with some childhood trauma. Um, and then at the age of 15, I started getting in trouble because of some of these things. Right. So I had that high functioning stuff, too, but I would get bored and I had nothing else to come in and to give me to do. So when my trauma kicked in, when my mental, cha- mental health challenges kicked in and I had all this boredom, but my brain worked at a higher rev, you know, than everybody else's, I turned it to antisocial tendencies it turned into let's burn the system down. Right. Let's steal cars. Let's steal everything we can. Let's it can light everything. It can be
0: a everything. counter influence. Yeah, it could be to you begin to medicate yourself through what.
3: So yeah, activity, so the drugs acti- come along.
0: Well, I mean, you can you can medicate yourself through the activity itself. Yes, it, it's a stimulus because it creates a. Yeah. there's a whole. What's the the the, the things you. Yeah. Dopamines. Mm-hmm. Th- e- even, even when you're not doing drugs, doing certain actions and activities and violence and certain things stimulate, stimulate, stimulate right. stuff. In, yeah, yeah. right. Yep.
3: Shopping. Athletes. Gambling. When, when
0: you lift weights, you come out with a pump. Afterwards, yep. Right. You Absolutely. feel high.
3: Well, other
0: activities do that as well.
3: Yep. You yep. can get a runner's high. That's right. Go, you
0: know, I'm not going to get a runner's
3: high. That's one drug I don't and, think and I And get to some of that's out. built in our
0: system for a good reason. God God knew what he's doing. Well, it's, but it, if it, yeah. that becomes your focus and you become out of balance, yeah. then you become to run down an unhealthy behavior. So
3: that's what happens to some individuals is that dopamine, that reward system, gets hijacked now by And that's itself. what happened to the rats, right? So the yeah, rats, yeah, yeah. the dopamine? They're, yep. They're, okay. They just want to feel good because their life is so boring. And they only had they're two choices. Bo- they're they, stuck in a box. and and
0: and just for the record i don't drink water that's uh, i drink water and coffee tea i drink water i go to africa i drink water for three weeks when i'm africa it's all i drink so the rest of year i hate water yeah don't bring me water at the restaurant i don't want it i don't want to want coffee in it tea in it or coke in it so i don't want the water i would i'm the kind of guy that would be over here on the other bottle yeah if i only had two choices absolutely and that's you know the good thing is you know i well, I got Crown Brew today. I got Crown. I got. I got thank God for other choices. You got a little bit better than water. So, so, Rat Paradise, though. Yeah, I've never heard that. I love yeah. that. I've got a psychology and soci- sociology background. That's fantastic. Uh, so, so when they started seeing, the rats started seeing
3: funness, other things, life. Yeah, they started having life. They started having connection, community. You know, they were building relationships. They were doing things. They had purpose and meaning. So, is that a
0: structure that shapes kind of? take I, I know we're not reducing people
3: to rats but no but that community that's what that's it is. the trigger it's, point. It's that community it's that connection it's not any it's not any program we operate it's not any any technique we use uh, we use all different kinds of motivational interviewing non-clinical uh, cognitive behavioral therapy stuff like that. None of that compares to the power of community and the yeah, power of purpose that we give
0: people. I agree, I agree with that 100%. Yep.
3: And, and so you you guys experience that here within your church community. Right. People gain, people, normal, average, everyday community members find purpose and meaning, and it empowers them to do extraordinary things. Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, I when, there's different levels
0: of will. Like when I was young, mm-hmm. both my parents were smokers, mm-hmm. heavy smokers. And I lived upstairs on the second floor with them. A lot of my siblings were downstairs, but so I was up. And the first breath of my every morning. So
3: was, you were a smoker.
0: Uh, no, I never smoked. Yeah, 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 yes, yes. So the first breath of every morning, my dad was, mom were already up. And that first intake of air was cigarette smoke. Mm-hmm. And then my mom had this, this, and my mom's with, with the Lord. I mean, I prayed with her about that. So, But my mom passed. She's She's gone. And, uh, and she changed a lot in the latter part of years. But when we were growing up, you know, Mom, we'd be driving someplace. Back in the day before air conditioning, we had those, uh, you know, those station wagons with the wood. Oh, woody, yeah. Yeah, the yeah. woodies. You know, I'd say, you know, we'd be back in the car like, Mom, could you crack a window? I'm not cracking a window down. <laughs> it was like she got mad when you mentioned it. So you, if you had to drive from Memphis to Florida, you had a 12 hours of smoke. I mean, it was just like you. When you got there, you were a smoked turkey. Mm-hmm. You were like a nicotine smoked yeah. turkey, and that was normal every day. Every day, every day. Yeah. Every and day. So, but I made my mind up the moment I got out of that house. I I never dated anybody that smoked. I dumped two beautiful women that I saw smoking. I just look at it, look them. You could take a beautiful person and go, "You look like a walking ashtray." Mm-hmm. And it so my mind's always had that that veil. Yeah, it's not helped me with didn't help me with alcohol at the time. Yeah. Or, uh, but do you find different people? You know everybody's got that different trigger point that that it just changed who I have community with. I don't have community with people that smoke a lot. I I know a few people do a little bit, but but I'm like, nah, you know. Hope you're not, not going to be my son-in-law. <laughs> no, it's not happening. <laughs> I, 45 and a shovel. That's yeah, right. that's I, I'm quoting Kara, Kara uh, our nanny, our, our children yes. pastor. She uses the word 45 and a shovel a lot. Yeah. You know, if you don't like it, 45 and a shovel. She's from yeah. Kentucky.
3: We've just recently started some smoking cessation programs. Really? Yeah, yep. we've, a, we've actually got a couple of classes. I'm sorry
0: people. if you smoke out there. I'm not picking on you. I just grew up having to inhale it, so. I, I just quit doing it. It's not good for your body. You know so. that's
3: something that I've had to learn to correct myself on just a little bit because uh, three four years ago I was pretty hard on smokers. Yeah, because I was like, man, it's t- it's 2022. Well, it's 2023 now, but you're still smoking. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. yeah, you know what it does but, to you. <laughs> it's it, it it when you when you turn when you look and watch a movie from the 80s. And you see people smoking. Everything. It, like the it was cool. Yeah, yeah. You people know, don't cool. realize
0: now how cool it was. The to chicks smoke were cigarettes. cool. The guy had a cool car. Yeah. He tapped that thing cool. Yeah. And, yep. and all of them are dead. They got lung cancer. They're gone. <laughs> yeah. The Marlboro man, they cut his face off, you know? Right. They had to do a, I hope we had our phones on Google. I'll be getting all kinds we'll of stuff. Oh, no. We're getting bombed on that tomorrow. You know, get the Faraday bag. Yeah. Yeah. Go to slnt.com. Uh, promo code OTD. You want that. Uh, but so we we're going to get bombed your Mar- on that.
3: Send your Marlboro miles. Yeah. Send your Marlboro miles. Yeah. You know, do,
0: do you think the smoking, I'm going to use that as an example. That would be a lot like the rat. You know, you, you got regular ear to breathe in this. Free. Sure, sure. So you choose something that, and you know, the good thing about people that smoke is, man, they, they're, they're skinnier than me. Yeah. You know, you ever see somebody quit smoking, they gain weight. Yeah. You know, really quick, really quick, they do. I I gained weight when I quit drinking. When I quit drinking, you know, I had to eat more to compensate because I used to eat after I drank, and now I have to eat instead of drinking. So you just get fatter, you know. (laughs) So it's crazy. So tell me about the – as we kind of wrap up this first episode, give me kind of an overview. I've got a nice list here. Uh, and we're going to get deeper into your story here in a minute. But I've got this list. Tell me a little bit about these various programs, so people right now, if they're listening, maybe they don't want to listen to us in episode two or three, but you want to because it's going to get better. But but it, 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 tell us about these programs. Give us a little snapshot on them, and we'll go deeper into them in the next couple episodes. Tell us a about each of these.
3: Yeah yeah yeah. One. So before I talk about any of these programs, one of the coolest parts about all of them is that these programs are all staffed by people in recovery.
0: So everybody in your organization has their own story about how they got out. Yes. So even though somebody else can't necessarily follow their entire path because it's not their right. path, they're at least inspired by somebody that got out from the similar situation.
3: So so here's what makes us different from treatment. Uh-huh. Because treatment is very different from recovery. Treatment focuses on what was wrong with you, the disease and the disorder. Okay. So treatment would want us to talk about what what we did wrong. What was wrong with us before recovery? We're a recovery community organization. It comes from a negative approach. We talk about, exactly. We talk about strength-based approaches. We talk about recovery. So it's not your experience in that bad behavior that we're interested in. It's your experience in your recovery. That's what's valuable. And that's what people don't have. That's what you can't learn in a book. That's right. Because you have to live it out. I'm going to give you a theological side. My my doctor's in theology and Mm
0: -hmm. church evangelism and all this stuff, but... Uh, One of the greatest guys on evangelism for me was Charles Spurgeon. Yeah, Charles Spurgeon um, has a statement, a quote that he says that uh, evangelism is one beggar simply telling another beggar where to find Christ. Right. You know, it's one cat telling another cat where to find food. Sure. Good. So, 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 and I learned this. He actually says one cat telling another cat where to find food in the same way that we do. And I learned this. This is kind of what turned me to Christ. I had a cat when I was growing up. Um, and I tell this in one of my classes here in the church, but I had a cat named Cat with K. And uh, he was outside one day when I when I was growing up in the rich house and doctor's house in Memphis. I had my own back carriage house when I was in high school. And so I I had my own pad. I mean, I, I was cool. I'm a freshman with my own pad. Two story. And so, but my, the kitchen of the house was right across it because you had to walk across, you know. And so every night at 10 o'clock, Sports Center would come on. Sports Center was at 10 o'clock. Da, da, that, that, da, da. That's it. Back in the day, we're all about the same age here. So, so I right before they'd have that take like Sports Center's coming up in five minutes, you know, boom, I'd run over to get my my bowl of cereal. I get a big industrial bowl of cereal, you know, like Jethro the Bodine. That's right. That kind of, level. <laughs> you know, I go get my cereal, come back to, to watch it during Sports Center because I want to see web gems. I was a baseball player in yeah, college yeah, in those yeah. days, web Gems, all that stuff. And uh, I'd get back and there was when I went, there's a cat there, and he'd been there for I think I'd seen a couple times. So I grabbed some. Tuna fish, my mom had a bunch of tuna fish, so I popped that can, I dropped it down, and the next night, da, 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 I had to go back over and get my next bowl, so I went and got my bowl the next night, and that cat had two cats, and I came out brought a couple cat uh, cans of tuna fish, dropped it down, third night, same thing, there were three cats, and um, I looked around my mom's thing and there was only one can of tuna fish left, so I made a strategic decision. I came back, and I picked up the first cat, took him inside with me, and he became a cat, left the other two outside and abandoned him. I didn't do a good job of peer counseling <laughs> there. But my cat was a perfect evangelist because he wasn't selfish. He would go out every night and tell another friend where he was getting something to eat. And every night he brought somebody back to the point he had three. And uh, I learned when I heard, when, when Spurgeon explained it's one beggar telling another beggar where to find yeah. I thought my cat was a perfect and evangelist. Yeah, And uh, it sounds like what you're talking about here is, you're turning people that are coming out of recovery into kind of evangelists for the work you're doing. Yeah, yeah, and they're and they're they're not evangelists from a from a an elite standpoint of coming through Ivy League or some medical doctor. Yeah, They're somebody that's been through the journey. Sure,
3: maybe not the same process. Yeah, but they're they're, they're proof you can get out. Absolutely, we call it mutuality, where yeah, you're looking at an individual good. in an eye rather than looking down on them. Uh, more often than not, anytime we get into any type of counseling or social work or even health care provider situation, there's usually a power dynamic where one person is giving advice or, or counsel to somebody at a lower power dynamic than what they are. Um, in peer support, we're mutual. it's that mutuality degree, uh, so we're looking each other in the eye. We're not one's not better than the other one. Um, it's a time-tested tradition. You know, we talk about, you mentioned AA earlier. Right. You know, that was the, uh, the litmus test for recovery for a long time, for a great many decades. You know, it was the flagship of recovery. Um, in their traditions, I think from the 50s, they've talked about how the power of one alcoholic helping another is mm-hmm. without parallel. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so there's nothing new. This isn't some new, you know, revelation that's occurred. Right. We've just uh, structured in a more organized and a professional life. Uh, to where individuals, like you talk about, people who are in recovery, typically we start with individuals that are newer, so say a year or two into recovery, uh, they're still building a whole life. You know, So many people focus on the substance use side of this, but there's so many other things that people need to address. Don't, the don't they, as they get deeper into the process of, of their addiction, mm-hmm. there's more
0: destruction that occurs. So it takes time to get just out of that hole, I'd say.
3: Well, when you talk about that whole deconstruction of a support system that happens, that disconnection, Mm -hmm. and then you talk about even farther that people come from situations where they don't even have the beginning base of that. So right. if you, if wow, they worked, never had it at all. Yeah, so so if you're working really with good. an individual that's never had a house where they wash the clothes regularly, where they cook regular meals, things like that. they didn't that. have a maid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they didn't have that type of stuff. So they have to learn that stuff I, too. They I turn just out totally to get, different if that doesn't
0: happen. Yeah, so, you, know, maybe, you know, you know, you know what I'm maybe, saying. Well, no. I
3: mean, but I mean, everybody has those different dynamics. Sure, yeah, you know, uh, yeah. So so it, so it all it all takes it takes people. We're not all starting at the same starting place. Sometimes it takes people a little bit farther. I talk about my recovery i've been in recovery for just over 23 years Mm -hmm. it wasn't until the last five years that i actually started operating from a system from a place of mental uh uh, um, and what's a good word for when you're in like a positive mind state most of my life, it was like I was healing from my previous
1: life. Tra- you were yeah. operating
3: out of the trauma, more yeah. PTSD, really. Yeah, so for 18 years, it took my mind, it took my brain and my life, financially, job-wise, skill, career-wise, all education-wise, 18 years to recover. So and the, get
0: back to a positive mental attitude. Get back, into, yeah, well, just yeah, to that base place point. Hope, but yeah. over
3: the last five years, I've been able to start building on things. So it's getting people back to that let that zero point, and then letting them start build something positive. Yeah. It takes everybody something different. My, my mentor
0: Fred Bishop says that everybody, whether you're we're not talking about just addiction, but leadership or. We all have to find our own road to ground zero. We have sure. to get to our ground zero. Yeah. And it, it maybe some of us start up ahead because yeah. of our parents, yeah. but then when we go out on our own, then we have to realize that that stuff's not free to yeah. earn it, or maybe you start with a deficit. Yeah. You gotta get to ground zero and it's at ground zero that God can, can really begin to show you what he has for you. Right. Yeah. Not what others have for you. Yeah. Yeah. You right. see a lot of PKs, I'm a pr- preacher by, by trade. You see PK kids that are, I'm a preacher, but I've got kids. You see some pr- preachers and their kids are a mess. Yeah. But just because the dad's a preacher doesn't make the kid a preacher. Yeah, and, and and then the kids get the weight of, well, you should be better because you started on the mountain. <laughs>
1: yeah,
0: you know, but that's not your. It's not the kid's mountain. Yeah, right. You know what sure, I mean? That's right. Th- they may know the terminology better, but that doesn't mean. But they also got to see the the back end of people. Yeah, let me just tell you, people are nasty. Yeah, and the fact that any preacher's kid can be saved and continue to serve God after they've got done seeing yeah. what's done to their parents. That's a that that's a that's a potential leader because a preacher can get brutalized. Yeah, the best of them can. So yeah, so th- those kids are like st- it's like you ever been in baseball when you go in like you had to pitch hit for somebody and you, they got an zero and two count and they tell you you, you got hurt you you got to go up to bat and you got two strikes already against you our preachers kid starts with two strikes. Yeah. because everybody expects all this stuff. All those expectations yeah. on you. Yeah, and and then you got to deal with their own life. The right. fact is, their dad wasn't there. They couldn't be there because they were your thing, you know. So, it's, you know, I've, I
3: feel that too, so. Yeah, absolutely. We had, we, had, we had some good discussions in the last few weeks about how expectations influence how we react to situations. Absolutely. So my expectations of myself, my expectations of you, my expectations of this podcast. They don't have to be well-founded expectations, but they're my expectations, and when things don't meet up to that, I have to cope with that.
0: Yeah, and I struggle with that too because with my OCD, I – if it doesn't turn out, I'll go, it was, it was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> <I had> somebody <laughs> we had our Christmas dinner. I'm dating this episode again. And we were at a Christmas dinner this last week. Uh, and on Sunday night and 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 uh, Jerry, one of my my co-elders in the church, uh, he reached over and he says, you've been really hard on yourself about how bad you're doing as a leader the other day. Yeah. He reached over and he says, you're really doing a good job. I said, I just feel like an absolute failure most days yeah. because I see the con- condition state of the church. Yeah. And I never see myself as just a pastor of this church. I see myself as a pastor of the church right. and whether I'm tending my sheep or the sheep down the road. Sure. I, so I'm a, I'm a little like gosh, I feel like I'm underperforming, you know, and I don't feel like I need to work to get saved. I'm saved, but I just feel like I don't want to stand in front of him with any breath left. Yeah. I want to be able to say I laid my entire life. I used all the talents. I didn't hide any of them. Right and on. so sometimes that does take me to the edge of exhaustion and, and, and it can push you to the point of despair. Yes, I can. It can easily. So that's when I have to go like, like, well, Dan's covering for me in a few weeks. So I can go to Seattle for 10 days and. Go watch whales and go see the Steelers. <laughs> Hopefully, beat the Seattle Seahawks. I'm getting a little nervous because Seattle's been playing pretty good. Yeah, they have. they have. They've been playing good. So, so, so that's when I step away and go. I need to get away. So you can put a lot of pressure on yourself. Yeah, absolutely, real... absolutely. Tell me, to, we're going to get out of this episode. In a second, but, but you have these these centers. If somebody, we'll get into these programs in the next one. But if somebody out there uh, wants to get a hold of you. Tell me the kind of people that need to walk into one of your resource centers or or, or give your or give your website a call or, or your email or yeah the yeah. E- the email what does your email get? Uh, I got it right here so take action today it's recovery at takeactiontoday dot or you that's can go right. to, real yeah. easy to remember yeah that's easy go ahead t- tell us the kind of people that you think. Would benefit by connecting with one of your centers.
3: So there's three types of people that benefit from connecting with our centers and from with our community. First, our participants, the people who who need the services. These people that need help getting back to that base level. Okay, you know those are those are very important people in our community, but they're not the only people in our community. Those people that have been in recovery for a few years, or maybe they've been in recovery for a decade and have just kind of gotten to a different place in life where they want to find a new purpose. We meet so many people. So that have been you're in not just
0: needing people that are just I mean down and out
3: now you're talking about people
0: maybe they're charting a new course too yes
3: because so, they need purpose and they need right, meaning and right they need and the community, the community the so, community so what makes um That's personally my, personally what makes my approach what makes our approach at take action today I feel like so unique is that our focus isn't just on the people that we, uh, we serve as our participants, but our staff are our participants. I like that. They've right. uh, We yeah, are all right. people. We are all people in recovery. They deserve every bit of support and every bit of mentoring and resources that our participants do. And they're
0: developing too, as yes. leaders and as community leaders. And, yes. You know, Dan's on here. Dan's Dan's my co-host today and he's going to, you, you'll find out he's got more involvement with this, but later on, but he's a co-host and he goes here, but, but, what I've really learned is uh, you can start this process from the bottom of the barrel mm-hmm. and you can become, I mean, in, in, in due season, yes. you can
3: be leading other people
0: yes. yep. out of the barrel.
3: In, in our organization, you can start this process as a participant at Ground Zero, a person with years of addictive experience and no recovery experience, and you can one day run this organization. Wow. Can, can okay. some of the people, when, when I'm just going to ask this before we wrap up,
0: when some of the people come to you, and, and maybe they're deep in it at this mm-hmm. point, they need to detox. They're really yeah. in bad shape. Some of those folks, you're going to have to help get into a recovery program or someplace Sometime, briefly yeah. before they can even get to the point where they can go further. Yes. Maybe the first step is, hey, we got to get you in a treatment program, we got to find yeah. some place to help you out or so so you're are you going to refer them out? Or are you gonna help them find a
3: program? Yes, absolutely. See, our our, our services are just a piece of the, of the puzzle of the puzzle, you know, so a big part of what we do is linking people to those other pieces. Uh, one of the first things we found out when we started in West Frankfurt back in 2019 and 2020 was the fact that there were people living in our little little rural community that didn't know how to access the resources two blocks down the road wow, from them. Right, and amazing. there was a huge gap, and those people in that resource agency didn't know how to reach out to those people in the community struggling. So that's where we oh. exist is that bridge in between those providers and the people who need those services as much as our old service. Yeah, I don't
0: think people... We're, they're going to find out as we go. Yeah. Right. How how much network you have is amazing. Yeah. Can I ask you a question? Go man? ahead. No,
1: you're the ghost. Come on. Well, so Mike, I got a question for you. Um, so when you talk about peer recovery... That's kind of a new topic. It's been around sure. for a while, but it's kind of a new topic. Yeah. So if you don't mind, would you share uh with our audience like number one, and we'll probably cover this in later episodes, absolutely. Where are your locations at? Yeah. Um, what is peer recovery? And yeah. then what's that process look like for somebody?
3: Yeah, yeah. So so to end it. yeah. So so uh first off our resource center. So we have seven locations. We have one in Mount Vernon, one in Decoy, Illinois, one in Johnson City. One in Marion, Carbondale, West Frankfurt and Benton. And I hope
0: soon in Heron. Yes. <laughs> so so we we're, cover, we're believing God for so that. The Heron House hopes hoping to partner with these
3: guys down the road. That's right. I, I'm
0: on the board there and, and gosh you guys are all across southern Illinois
3: yeah 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 we try to be we cover directly we cover five counties uh with our direct services but we're even bigger than that because we have a larger collaborative body that we lead called the southern Illinois recovery network got that and we coordinate that's that's on that list I
0: I showed there right there s-i-r-n
3: yeah so one of the things so we talk about having that community right so you can't be a community by yourself Take Action Today needs a community of people who are like-minded individuals that share our work. So we are heavily invested in helping other organizations get into this work too. So we have that Southern Illinois Recovery Network. That helps us provide and coordinate activities in the southern part. Uh, We also have a lot of state functions that we serve in leadership in many different roles across the state. So
0: So you're networking with other organizations, with government agencies, county agencies. You've got multiple offices. You can find all their locations that take action today. I I found all the different offices are there. Mm -hmm. So you basically can go to find that office
3: go in there yep is that is do most people come into a resource center is that where they meet you so sometimes sometimes they do our our services and our staff are designed to go work within the community so we will literally go meet people where they're at so you might go to an event or find an outreach we might go to a person's house we might go to a tent out in the middle of the woods somewhere yeah to talk to somebody to try to get them the resources and integrated into services that they need to get them connected with. The community.
0: And then you're going to go there. If somebody's needing more clinical medical help, yep. you're going to refer them to some people, you Absolutely. know, if they're needing help legally, maybe they've gotten in trouble with the law. Yeah, you're going to we'll talk more about this. in the yep. episode. But you've got a partnership with the courts in your area. Yep. Um, you're working with recovery places. You've you can even get somebody a shower and clean them up. Absolutely, is that true?
3: Absolutely, almost all of our resource centers feature showers. Uh, they also feature
1: laundry services My gosh. and uh, food services.
0: Well, we're going to get into all that. I mean, it's just great. Did he answer all of your questions? No.
1: He did. No, well, he didn't really tell me, and I don't. We no, might catch it on the next one. Like, I want to know what a peer recovery specialist yeah. is because that's kind of something yeah. new in this area yeah, that yeah, you've yeah. not really heard much about. And for that family member that might have some questions that's listening to sure. this, Mike what's that process look like for an individual yeah give us a summary sure. of that
0: sure uh,
3: uh, so a peer recovery specialist uh, uh thin and skinny is a person with lived experience who's been professionally trained to deliver recovery support services and what that looks like typically in our organization is what we call recovery coaching where uh one of our staff one of our peer recovery specialists might meet with an individual on a regular basic basis be it once or twice a week Once or twice every other week. Just depends on what that person's looking for. Kind of deliver a little bit of uh, encouragement and motivation to them. But also provide a little bit of assessment and a little bit of screening. What do they need? Does an individual need a driver's license? Do they need to get their link card? Do they need to get to a medically assisted treatment provider? Do they need to go to a shelter? Our staff can do that. A lot of assessments taking place in Mm them. Absolutely. So in this whole time, they're building a relationship with them. So it might take multiple times for an individual to come back before you really find out what it is that they're they're looking for. But I th- for. I think the ultimate power of what your program is as you tell them those things. Yes. A
0: lot of people from a medical go would go, we're going to be referring you to see the cardiologist. You're going to be also going to see the nerve pain specialist. Right. and you're going to, I don't know what they do. Yeah. And and but but what what you're doing is you got somebody telling them saying, "Hey, I I've done all these things." Yes. I'm not yeah. sending you to see anybody that I wouldn't yes. I haven't seen. So yes. so you, it's almost like uh, it's different. It's not the look down on you approach. I, I remember one time we took my, my I have a Down syndrome sister, uh, sister-in-law. She's with the Lord now. She lived to about 60. She went her whole life to about 58 without ever having a gynecological exam. She got a tumor in her uterus toward the end of her life. And uh, so we took her in to to find out what it was. It was about a football size tumor. If it it, it, that's not what killed her, but the surgery led to a lot of other things. But uh, we remember that she, when they took her in to check her, they had a nurse in there and the nurse found out and she says, oh, she said, so the doctor says, I'm going to do this. We're going to do this very quick. And because I mean, she, she was 16 years old, Down syndrome, she just she'd never had anybody do that to her. Right. Uh, so and I'm not a woman, so I don't I, but I, I've i had enough stuff done on the other end that it's not good. Um, so we knew already that she had a little problem with the, the back end with a little bit of sores, a little hemorrhoids. So I remember telling the doctor, I said, when you check her, would you take a look? at the hemorrhoids. And I remember the doctor telling me this, he looked at me and my wife and he says, you don't understand, I do this, not that. <laughs> do you understand? Yeah, I do yeah. this, not that.
3: Yeah, very uh, specific. Now,
0: remember, I grew up as a doctor's son yeah. in a doctor's home, and I was a pre med student. Yeah. And I looked at him and said, last time I checked, it said MD before OBGYN. So I assume you did a rotation, you can tell what a hemorrhoid is, even I know it's hemorrhoid. So when he got done he said, "Yep, those are hemorrhoids. I guess we can go ahead and write a cream for that, you know." He said, "Don't tell anybody I did that." You know, but it was like a lot of medical people yeah. kind of like stay in their lane yes. or they look down at you and like it was almost like I was insulting him to ask him to sure. look down. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. Cuz
0: but in peer, everybody you're dealing with has looked through it already. Yes. Absolutely. That changes the whole concept of shame. Absolutely. hundred percent. I, I think so. Reduces stigma. Re, re, Reduces stigma. Shame. I learned some incredible words, recovery, coaching. Um, we'll talk about that more. Uh, mutuality, community, uh, reductionism. I, I just think there's some great words I learned today. And the whole thing about rat paradise. I mean, <laughs> I mean, that is worth the price of being on this show. We're going to come back in the next episode and you're going to hear the backstory of
1: Mike Tyson. Right. Yeah, it's like the boxer, Mike Tyson. I thought I was going to get to meet Mike Tyson, the boxer, today. That's why I agreed to you be your co-host. You came to the show? I tricked you. Yeah, That's why I agreed to be your co-host. Dan, Dan you've been a great – Dan, you
0: did good. Backstory part two. <laughs> we're, yes, Donna, thank you. Sorry you've been – Yeah, <laughs> we're on the doc.org. We're doing episodes dropping every Tuesday and Thursday. Go to info at doc.org. Doc org to find out more information on our show if you want links and stuff donna always puts the links in the show so she will have links in there in the show description about how to get to take action today she's real good about doing that and posting those as well check those out she'll also put our slnt link in the description well that'll be new first she's never done that before so this will be the first show we will back up and do it for the whole season hopefully and go check that out at on the info on at on the doc. Dot org is our email go to youtube spotify itunes watch us on those three primarily hit subscribe like and notify and if you've loved the discussion today facebook instagram twitter telegram and Getter, we'd love to hear your feedback and your conversation on the things that we've been talking about so again hit subscribe like notify my patreon become a partner or sponsor if you'll partner or sponsor four levels of partnership uh, for those five bucks a month you can partner with us sponsorships are like organizations that can sponsor us and then we feature them regularly we go like crown brew sponsoring us today you know that, like that, or whatever. But four levels of partnership, three levels of sponsorship. And when we do sponsorship, we actually do shows with you. And you... you. You're getting a free show, but I am brawling one of your staff people today. So
1: <laughs> we're coming out. Go to my Patreon,
0: check that out, and support us. And maybe we can afford to get that extra mic to get Donna back on the air. Get Donna back on there with the mic and a camera real soon. And don't forget to go to SNLT.com, promo code OTD. Check that out. That's our first time to talk about our new partnership with them. Check all that out. And if you don't have a church home, we would love to have you. We want you going to church someplace, but if you don't have a church home, Uh, We are based out of Community Faith Church. Go to coftv.com. Check it out. Wednesdays, 630, Sundays, 10 a.m. Come out, and maybe Dan will be preaching. It'll be good. You never know. You never know. You never know. Come out and check us out, but make sure you get in a church someplace. We're available there online. We want to have you Mike. Thanks for being here for part one of this. We're going to be back in part two. We're going to have a spotlight on you real soon. I'm Pastor Troy, and I'm with the team here at On the Dock. We'll see you back real soon. It's been a great episode. Watch this and others. Go back and check out our past. Get in the future, and we'll see you soon.